So I said good evening. Well, how was your study and my assignment? Was that sort of carried out? I hope so. Um, the brothers gathered together to pray, as we always do before a meeting, and we actually pray-read uh, those four uh, points or four verses again. Um, now, tonight, uh, dear saints, um, I will continue to speak from Roman numeral two um, of this message one that, that you have. But before I get there, of course, there's still a lot and lots of lingering burdens within me. Um, and so um, I will start with, with them. Uh, this morning, we took some time to really see uh, this uh, key, key uh, fact, or this even key, key thing, that is the mingle spirit. Such a thing exists now in this universe. In fact, I look at every one of you you are that fact sitting here. Every one of us, whether we speak or not, we are declaring this fact that there is a mingle spirit. And this thing, this mingle spirit is, I say again, without exaggeration, the most important thing in this universe right now. You, you tell me, what else is more important than this? The mingled spirit. That means the, a spirit that uh, comprises God the spirit or the divine spirit and our spirit, and that is the human spirit. Somewhere along the line, these two spirits found each other and they were joined. They were united. You remember those three words? They, in other words, they were brought into a union in life. Um, and then they were uh, mingled uh, in their nature. And then finally they were uh, incorporated, that means one is in the other. And it is by this min mingle spirit, or in this mingle spirit, that God became or becomes one with man. And that man becomes one with God. Now these are, even when I speak these words, they are unbelievable to me. God desires to join himself to man in life, in nature, and in person. Somehow that was his heart's desire in eternity past. Of course, if we read 
especially the book of Ephesians, we, we see something about in eternity past, how we've been blessed with all the spiritual blessings. Am I right? And how, man, we have been, according to his foreknowledge, been marked out, chosen, and in time called um, to um, become part of God's sonship. That means to become sons of God. We know that, and we also see the blessing of how um, Christ, uh, in his process, accomplished redemption for us because we got a problem with God due to sin. And uh, through that, uh, the, that problem between man and God was resolved and removed so that God indeed can join himself to man and man can indeed become his sons his offsprings. And not only so, the third blessing of the Trinity was also there, and that is the blessing of the Spirit. That we were sealed at the time of our regeneration until the day of redemption. And that is the day when Jesus would return to this earth. And even our bodies, physical bodies, will be redeemed, will um, experience uh, the saturation or permeation of his divine life. And so that our entire tripartite being at that time will be fully saved. That means, put it another way, our entire being will be fully one with God, or mingled with God, and that's the time when the sonship, we, the sons of God, would be in maturity and we would be the real sons, not only in position, but in our condition to inherit him, the Father, as our ultimate and full inheritance. Now, these are all in the scriptures uh, in the book of Ephesians. Now, all these things we know but the question is, how does that happen? Or how do we get there? Or how are all these wonderful things carried out? So I said this morning, we need a reduction, all right? We may know these things, appreciate these things, but we need to be reduced to what? to the essence of this whole matter, to the essence of God's economy, 
And tonight I like to repeat this word that this essence, this essence of God's economy is simply the mingled spirit. The mingled spirit is the key. It is the secret, God's secret. It is God's way of effecting all of these this wonderful plan of his, this wonderful heart's desire of his, and all these blessings he had prepared for his elect. Without the mingled spirit, none of these things will happen or can happen. Think about it. We may even be redeemed. You know what I mean? Uh, by the blood of the Lamb, our sins may be washed. Uh, we may be forgiven. We could even, you may say, be reconciled to God. And so in Romans it says, through his death, we have been reconciled to God. Right? But then don't forget that verse is not finished. That verse then continued to say much more. Don't forget that second half, which is actually the much more part, the more important part. Much more, we will be saved in his life. So redemption, actually, as glorious as it is, is but a procedure. The end game, as it were, is not just us being cleansed and washed and forgiven and be okay. The end game is that we would what? We would be saved in his life. That means our whole being would be what? Would be filled with his life. That his life would replace so many other things. And how can that happen? How does that salvation by life happen? What we today call the organic salvation of God for every believer only by this mingled spirit. No other way. There is no other way. As we will see in Roman numeral two, I, I'm going to read right now, the divine spirit mingle with our human spirit, i.e. the mingle spirit, is the secret, the secret of God's organic salvation. Then, to finish the sentence, and the key to the entire Christian life. Now, I'd like to ask you all, what is the Christian life? What's your definition of the Christian life? Most people in a shallow, with shallow understanding would say the Christian life, you know, now that we're saved, we're heaven bound, so to speak. Today, we just live a life on the earth to the best of our ability, according to the Bible or God's word. And uh, 
to be good Christians. Am I right? To be Christians that would bring glory to God. Am I, am I correct to say this? This is the general thought of the Christian life. And some may say we need to grow. Uh, and to them, I think to grow as a Christian means to be better, to be better, to be improved, to be more perfect or something like this. That is, you cannot say it's wrong, but brothers and sisters, that is a very shallow, very shallow, extremely shallow view of what the Christian life is. What is the Christian life? The Christian life simply is a life lived as a process of God's full organic salvation. That means the Christian life is a life that is being, of being saved day by day. Not just the initial salvation by the Lord's death on the cross, his death of redemption, but a salvation that is carried out by life. When we say life, we mean the life of God, the divine life. This life would save us, would save us every day in our daily life, practically, and save us part by part, not only saving our spirit, but saving our soul, saving our mind, saving our emotions, saving our will, saving eventually, one day, even our whole body. Our entire tripartite being would be saved in life, would be organically saved in this life. That is the Christian life. And of course, this salvation would have a manifestation. That manifestation is just Christ himself, God himself being expressed more and more in and through us in our daily living. So dear saints, do not despise your daily life, your personal life, your marriage life, your family life, our church life. Because it is in these things, these lives, these daily lives that we have, that we what? that we are saved in his life. And for that, the secret is what? The mingled spirit. Now, uh, I think for the sake of time, I better not I better forget my lingering burdens. Otherwise, this meeting won't end tonight. But let me just say this. I still have to say this. Uh, this matter, dear brothers and sisters, let me tell you, of the divine spirit, that is this 
um, what do we call it? This wonderful spirit of the triune God, the spirit, most people generally call it the Holy Spirit. Actually, they don't know what that spirit is. They don't know who that spirit is. They don't know the work and function of that spirit. They just say the Holy Spirit, something like that. But this spirit today we saw this morning is the process spirit. That means the spirit of God, God is spirit. That spirit of God went through a process, a long process. So this spirit is not raw, it is processed. This spirit is compound. I don't have time to get into Exodus, that picture of the compound ointment in Exodus 30. No time with all its wonderful types these spices that will add to this spirit, a hint of olive oil with the four different spices. I'm sorry, I don't have the time to know that this spirit today is not a pure spirit of God, but a compounded spirit. And each one of those spices typifies the Lord Christ, incarnation and death, his crucifixion, and his resurrection and the power of that resurrection. That means all the processes that we talk about this morning are all compounded, you know, like a kind of drug. You know, it's a compound. It's not a simple thing. There's a compound formula. This spirit today is a compound, brothers and sisters. It is all-inclusive. This spirit that we have today is all-inclusive. It includes everything that the triune God is, that the triune God has accomplished, that the triune God has attained and obtained. All that this triune God has been through from incarnation to his ascension, all these, all that, are included in the spirit. God is there, man is there, divinity is there, humanity is there, his incarnation, his human living, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, all these great, great steps that God took and processes that he went through are included as elements in this compounded spirit. There's nothing lacking in this spirit. There's no shortage. So Paul says the bountiful supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. You, you, do you have any need? This spirit can supply. Any need. Any situation. Right now, you're faced with an unhappy wife, let's say. Sort of raking you over the coals, as they say. Brothers, you know what you need, right? What do you need? Huh? 
no, don't, don't, don't be so spiritual. You, <laughs> right now, your greatest need is endurance and patience. A lot of it, a lot of it. You need something desperately called self-control because it's about to lash out, to bite back any moment. You see what I'm saying? Isn't this practical? Now, brothers, don't, don't, don't say this never happened to me because I think you're not being truthful. Try as you may, it doesn't work. It doesn't work so well. Well, I can tell you what you need at that moment is included in this spirit. If you will, if you see it and you will access it, it depends. Right now, you are severely depressed. You, 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 you just, you, you, you need a breakthrough. You, you need to get out of this morass that you, that, that you find yourself in. How do you do that? I tell you, the mingled spirit with its resurrection power is there. This spirit is the life-giving spirit. That means it aims, it targets death to deal with it, to save you from it. This spirit is called the spirit of life. It is life imparting. It just gives life. And we know that's something that we all need moment by moment. This spirit is, thank him, the indwelling spirit. This afternoon, this word, indwelling. The spirit is the indweller. This spirit is not outside of us. Woo, you know, the spirit, you know, some bird, some something, some force. No, that is a misunderstanding of the spirit. Yes, there is the aspect of the spirit economically being poured upon us believers to baptize us, to authorize us, to energize us in our ministry and our service. But more importantly, this spirit comes to indwell us, to dwell within us. The spirit is in you. Romans 8. Where is this spirit? This spirit is not out there. This spirit is dwelling in your spirit. Oh, brothers, sisters, do you see this? Do you see? I think even just to see this is salvation. It's the beginning of all kinds of experiences of our daily salvation. It is, and we decided not to cover it this weekend, today intensified sevenfold. You know, that means the spirit is not just 
One turn of the switch, it's turned seven times. This spirit today is intensified in its function, in its work. And I don't have time to cover the seven spirits, how it is the seven lambs of fire before the throne. It is the seven eyes of the lamb. I better not go there again. This, this message will not be finished. I tell you, that's too, too much that this spirit in us today is doing for the building work of God, the spirit to observe us, to burn us, to refine us, to expose us, to enlighten us, to strengthen us, to cause us to be the present day overcomers in God's church. This spirit is today sevenfold intensified. And finally, this spirit is clearly, clearly the consummated spirit today. And so we have this term. And you have to kind of understand this term. Don't be, don't be bothered by its length, by its uh, seeming complexity. Today, this spirit is the consummated spirit as the ultimate consummation of the process triune God. Okay, I know that's a long sentence. Whoa. I think if you break it down, you take your time to read and study this matter, you'll find that this simply means the triune God, Father and Son and Spirit has gone through a long journey or process. Today, the ultimate of that journey, of this, of, of this process, of this journey in God. In other words, the end, the consummation, the, the place where this process ended is simply the spirit. But that is actually not yet the destination. That is only his consummation. And what is the ultimate destination of us, God's journey, it is no less than coming into our spirit. That's the final destination. And there, the spirit of God, this spirit that I just described, would come into our spirit and be joined with our spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit and becoming one spirit with us. That means the divine spirit and our human spirit today is our one. And this mingled spirit, this mingled spirit is the very, very mark of God's economy. It is the secret of God's full salvation, and it is the key of our entire Christian life. So tonight, I'd like to reduce us to this. So I'm going to tonight rely a little bit more on this outline to talk about this secret to talk about this key. And I don't want to talk about it just 
in doctrinal terms, much less in theological terms. My burden, brothers and sisters, these days is in our experience. I, I like to tell you there's something very deep within me that in these days, the Lord's recovery needs a new breakthrough. In many ways, if we are to continue to be his recovery. And that breakthrough, I have concluded, I have concluded, must begin with a coming back to the mingled spirit. To know it, to treasure it, to live by it, to walk by it, to have our being in it. It has to start there. Our dear brother Lee, when he came to this country in the early 60s, by then he has been ministering for a few decades and when he came to this country, he told us that he had a new beginning, even his ministry. A kind of a new breakthrough in my term tonight. And that was he began to minister almost exclusively on the spirit. And that is this mingled spirit that I'm talking about. On the divine spirit and on the human spirit and on the mingled spirit. Many of us can testify who came in in that decade, that's what captured us. We've been Christians, some of us, for some years. But we were searching, we're still looking. There's something more than what the general Christianity can offer us. And this minister from the Far East came and basically opened up the Bible to us, but not talking about so many things in the Bible, which you may, not, you may think he did not know, he knew a lot. He knew more than many of the so-called Western teachers. Because amongst us, we study the best, the classic of the Western Christianity for years, starting with Brother Watchman Nee, and then pass on to Brother Lee. So it's not like we don't know these things. In fact, we know the deeper things on prophecy, on practices, on doctrines, and so on and so forth. But when he came here, the Lord just gave him one burden. That is to speak about the two spirits and the mingled spirit. And I'll tell you, that was a breakthrough in his ministry. Opening the doors, not only to the U.S., but to the entire West. Now it's been 50 
seven years, 57 years. A lot of these things I'm very, very concerned for myself and for you, especially those who are older among us, that they have become common. Just, just, we know this. I knew it 55 years ago. Why, why are you still talking about this? Some I'm concerned could be even so-called co-workers or senior ones. Maybe we need to talk more about prophetic things. The end times is near. When is Jesus coming? Let's study this. Let's count the days. Let's get into numerology for a bit, which the brethren did a lot. In fact, there's a Bible called the Numeric Bible. It's studying the Bible all from the number standpoint. And possibly other things. This kind of practice or that kind of practice or this way or that way. Now I'm not here to say that these things have no place in the church. I mean, if you want to study prophecy, go to the life study of Daniel. Wonderful. Go study the, read the life study of Revelation. Wonderful. I still remember one time I was accompanying Brother Lee as sort of his bodyguard, just accompanying him. And I said, Brother Lee, when, this years ago, I said, Brother Lee, when are you going to talk to us about the prophecies in Daniel? I want that. I'm, I'm hungry for that. He never answered my question. <laughs> As if he had zero interest. And I was quite, quite annoyed by that. I mean, he surely knew. He surely knew. But how come this man of God, this minister of God, seemingly have no taste indifferent to these wonderful, important, prophetic things? And day in, day out, when he gets up on the podium, the spirit, the sevenfold, in, you know, the indwelling spirit, am I right? The compound spirit. I said, Brother Lee, I know this already. I want prophecy. I don't want, I know this already. Actually, prophecy was Brother Lee's hobby. And he is quite an expert hobby at that. But why would not he just train us in prophecy and get into it with us? Because that would be veering off the mark of God's economy. So the Bible is full of a lot of things. Miracles, prophecies, types, Figures, 
teachings, doctrines, many things in the Bible, stories. If you want to get into it, the Bible has some, something you can get into. But all those things, I must tell you, are but the leaves. The leaves. The limbs. The extremities of this plant. The important thing is the trunk. Is the trunk. And almost nobody's paying attention to the trunk. And what is that trunk? The trunk is simply God's economy. And for this economy of God, that means God's plan, God's arrangement for his household in this universe. These two spirits mingled is everything is everything so tonight I'm here in Chicago taking my time to talk about this not because you never heard these things not because even you don't know these things but there's just a burden within me we need to come back we need to re-emphasize we need a breakthrough, not only in our knowledge of these things, but particularly with our experience of these things, our living of these things or in these things. So here, let me just get into this matter, how this mingled spirit is that secret and the key This morning, two hours, you were still with me. I will tell you, I don't have an audience like this everywhere I go. You are quite unique. You are quite special. I want to thank you for that. Okay, here are a number of points. And I want you to not just remember these points, know these points, but pray that these points would become your increased experiences day by day. Okay, A, the spirit without spirit is the secret of all the experiences of God's organic salvation. What are they? So we can list them, starting with regeneration then feeding or nourishment or being nourished, sanctification, renewing, transformation, building up, confirmation, glorification. How few Christians talk about these things. Yet this is the full spectrum, level by level, of our experience of the full salvation that God has designed for us. For every Christian. 
We were starting with us being regenerated, born again. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to us being fed, being nourished in order for us to grow. Then it doesn't stop there. It, there is what? The experience of us being sanctified or made holy. Now we're talking about God's nature. Being made holy as believers. Saints means the holy ones. But not just saints in position, but saints in practicality, in reality. In our daily life, being renewed, our old manner of life, our old way of thinking, our old mind, our old man. You know, there's something called the old man. All needs to be slowly renewed. That's part of God's salvation, saving us by renewing us and transforming us, even changing our appearance. And I don't mean here the physical appearance, I mean our inner appearance, our expression, what we look like, our building up. Now this talk about even our building up with our fellow believers. This is a great part in God's salvation to make us buildable, to make us built in in God's temple or as God's temple as God's house, the church. Confirmation to conform us to the image of God's firstborn. And finally, our glorification that should take place. Again, I said, when he returns, when our entire being will be swallowed up in glory, when the sons of God will enter into God's glory. That glorification is the final step of God's organic salvation. But brothers and sisters, here's the point. The secret to experiencing all these things is the mingled spirit. It really is. It really is. So, all these verses, you have to read. You have to read them. Step by step. All about the Spirit saving us in each of these steps. Wow. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm not fully saved for sure. I'm still a work in progress, just like all of you. <clears throat> but I must testify strongly in my experience up to this point that that is a true word. No amount of your effort to improve yourself, to better yourself, to perfect yourself will work these things out. No way. It, it doesn't work that way. You may become a better person. 
in a sense. But you are not saved further. These two spirits becoming the mingled spirit is the key. This mingled spirit that is within us is the secret. You say, Lord, I want to be transformed. Well, how are you transformed? Who transforms you? It says in 2 Corinthians that we will be transformed as from the Lord Spirit. The Spirit is who does the transforming. You, you, you can do all kinds of things to improve yourself, but you're still not transformed. And I was sitting there just now, and a thought came to me. You know what thought? A very strange thought. The thought is, there's a verse, I think, in Jude, you know, the book of Jude, that says those who make divisions are those without a spirit like animal you know there's there's such a thing and I say let me take a look so I took a look quickly before I came up here of a footnote of that very strange verse that came to my mind and, of course, that, it says, those, these are those who make divisions soulish, having no spirit. And the footnote tells us, and Brother Lee quoted Dean Alford, he's a dean, and his last name is Alford, and that it does not mean this man or this person, this divisive person, has no spirit. No. He is still a tripartite person and he still have the spirit, the human spirit in him. And possibly, possibly he was even saved, a regenerated believer, possibly. But that spirit, listen, this is offered, is degraded, degraded beneath and under the power of the psyche, the suki, that is the soul. Because it says being soulish. That means this person has a spirit and possibly that spirit is even saved and regenerated. By, but by this time, by this time, that spirit is already degraded and under the power of the soul. The soul took over. The soul dominates. The soul became the master. So as it says to have, that means the spirit, have no vitality of its own. That means the spirit as if, is as if it became dormant or dead. This is a very scary verse, let me tell you. I'm, I'm not done. They, now this is Brother Lee speaking. They do not contact God. 
I'm sorry, they do not care for their spirit or use it. Now, let me tell you, I have found even, forget about outside, whatever, just in the Lord's recovery. There are saints, dear saints, who have the spirit, the mingled spirit, but they don't care for it, nor do they use it for a prolonged period of time. Because they don't care. They don't think it's, in, they don't deem it important or key. And he says, they do not contact God by their spirit in communion with the spirit of God. That's the fellowship this morning on this lavender sheet. You remember that? The key of spiritual fellowship. That means our fellowship with God. Neither do they live and walk in their spirit. So this must refer to believers, I think. They have been drawn downward by their flesh and it become fleshy so that they have lost the consciousness even of their conscience, the main part of their spirit, and have become like animals without reason. Now, isn't this a strange verse that came to me? You know, this morning I mentioned that what makes the human being different from an animal or a beast is the presence of this third part. Am I right? The spirit of man within him. If you take away the spirit, sorry, you're just really an animal. And unfortunately, we see this in the degraded society today. Human beings living like an animal. As having no spirit. And when you become an animal without spirit, I tell you, you just live by your animalistic instincts. Behaving just like an animal. And that's why you see all the evil, all the defilement, all the sinfulness today. But I'm not talking about them. Tonight I'm talking about Christians. We, the believers. There is a possibility, brothers and sisters, that we have the Spirit. Even we have the mingle spirit, the spirit of the Lord in our spirit. But by not caring for it and not living in it for a prolonged period of time, neglecting it, despising it, not treasuring this, we also can become what is called a soulish believer, a soulish Christian. And worse, when the soul dominates for a long time, it gives rise to the flesh with the body and its lusts within us, all of us. And then 
we would even become fleshly, and the word here is even fleshy, worse than fleshly. Is it possible that believers can come into such a state? Let me ask that question tonight. Please. It breaks my heart, brothers and sisters, to see especially some who actually know these things. They actually know these things from the ministry. And yet, they have become one as if they don't have a mingled spirit. And so all kinds of things would be carried out. God's work is to save us to the uttermost. It's according to Hebrew. That means that we would experience and enjoy his full organic salvation from regeneration to glorification. That is his promise. That is his heart. That is his plan. To sunize us, so to speak, right? To make us his mature sons that we can enjoy him as our consummate and ultimate inheritance in the kingdom. And today, while in the process we should experience such a mingled spirit, right, day by day. And by doing this, we would experience all these things, sanctification, transformation, confirmation. All this is to make us more and more one with him, more and more like him, like the Son of God. So the high peak of the divine revelation says that we would become God. Not in the Godhead, but in life and in nature. That is God's salvation. But we cannot experience that salvation unless we, what? Care for this mingled spirit. Amen? We turn to this mingled spirit. We live in this mingled spirit. We remain in this mingled spirit. We live in this joining. We live in this union. We live in this incorporation as much as possible. Not five minutes a day, but all the time if possible. And so for this, brothers and sisters, the Christian life is a life of exercise to live this way. This is not self-improvement. This is not trying to better yourself because it does not work. I come back to the husband and the wife because we 
Seems like after Brother Lee passed away, we don't use that illustration that much. When Brother Lee was here, every message is husband and wife, right? Some of you remember that. Because it is always so exposing. This is my 44th year of my marriage. It's a long time, right? I would think by now I would be quite an expert in marriage. In, in fact, I counsel people, you know. But, friends and sisters, it doesn't take much for me to leave my mingled spirit to forget my mingled spirit, to not remain in this organic union. It doesn't take much. I tell you, I use the word, I revert back to who I was. I may exert some self-control, I may be good at faking my feelings, whatever it is, but I tell you, I know what's inside, me. <clears throat> you know, once upon a time, 50 years ago, we somewhat, maybe <clears throat> wrongly, but we did, quite, were quite proud that in the church life, we didn't have any divorces. Long time ago, really, I'm not joking. Long time ago. But today, we cannot say that. Now, I'm not saying this in, with any judgmental attitude. I'm not saying anything like that. You know, a lot of divorces start with little things that accumulates over time. It builds and builds unto a certain point it's, quote, quote, irreconcilable, right? But forget about divorce. We can be not divorced, but that doesn't make a good marriage or a proper marriage for the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I'm not saying here, so recovery, all have perfect marriages, and so we're God's recovery. I'm not saying that. Don't take me wrong. But I'm saying that this is a big part of many of our lives, our personal lives. 
our family life. That's where we're saved. Not coming just to the meetings and get saved. That's kind of easy, actually. Are we saved in the day-to-day marriage? Why we save in the day-to-day family life? I ask myself that question. I must say, not all the time. Why? Why? You know, let me tell you, you can even take the cross only for so long. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying we should not take the cross. We're told to bear our own cross. But there are two different ways to bear the cross. One is to bear it by gritting your teeth summoning up all, every ounce of endurance, mustering up every bit of control you can to bear the cross. And after you have borne that cross, actually nothing happened. You were not saved one bit. You use your mind to reason things out, you know. I got a Maybe shift, change my attitude, maybe this, that, you know, so many ways. You can pass through some crisis or experience, but actually, the Lord did not gain what he needs to gain. I found, brothers and sisters, the other way to take the cross is the only way that works, and that is to take the cross to deny myself, as the Lord taught us to do, in and with the mingled spirit. It's a totally different experience. Why? Because in that spirit is a killing element, and it's real. It's a killing element. So you are not slaying yourself. You're not committing suicide, okay? That is not taking the cross. That is not denying yourself. It is what? It is to turn, to abide in this mingled spirit and allow this mingled spirit to operate, to work, to function with its elements to kill you. To kill your natural life. To kill yourself. Sometimes even to kill your disposition. Which is oft times a problem. That's different. That's different. Because in that kind of killing. You are not just practicing a kind of asceticism, in that kind of a killing, there is 
a salvation of life taking place. And you are not even in that experience just barely scraping by. Oh, I did not talk back to my spouse as if that is glorious. But there's something a lot more of that spirit supplying you to live and do what is impossible for you to do. I think all of us experience such to more or less degree. All of us. I believe so. Positively. But I would say not enough. Not enough. These days there's some kind of talk that says in the recovery, we just tell everybody, turn to the spirit, you know. Uh, you're in your mind, you know. Turn to the spirit, and you'll be okay. Well, is that right or wrong? I have to say, in instances, that was not the right thing to say. That's the wrong thing to say. When someone has a need, someone who is in need of care, someone who is in need of consolation and comfort. And from time to time, we all need that. Someone who is in pain, someone who is in grief. You don't go to them and tell them to turn to their spirit. You know what I'm saying? Someone is having some hard times in this or that. So, no, we should not just go around and, you know, what's wrong with you? Turn to your spirit. No, that's, that's not. We shouldn't do this. I seldom do, do this. In fact, maybe in the old days we did this a lot. <laughs> Brother, turn to your spirit, right? We, we did this to one another. Right. But having said that, dear saints, it's not wrong to say we need to turn to our spirit. Because the ultimate comfort, the ultimate care by None other than the chief shepherd, the shepherd of our soul, soul himself, who now maybe is in the heavens doing his shepherding, yet by a certain heavenly ladder is now connected to our mingled spirit. So when we would come to this mingled spirit, we would touch this mingled spirit. We would more than that, we would live in this mingled spirit. I tell you, that would be the ultimate comfort, the ultimate peace, isn't it? 
correct, brothers and sisters. To say, as some people say nowadays, that we don't appreciate the field of psychiatry or psychology, we don't think people need help psychologically, is not true. If you broke your arm, you need to see a doctor. You have certain psychological or mental conditions. There's no stigma to that. You need certain professional help. That is logical. Logical. And when you have spiritual need, you need the mingled spirit. Am I right? You need the Lord. So that's right. That's right. But what I'm trying to say is that ultimately, what we all need as believers is the salvation in life that only the mingled spirit can work out. So even I have no psychological impairment. I'm good, I'm sound, I'm, I'm fine, I'm great. I still need salvation to be fully saved, to become just like him. Okay, I hope these kind of talk and sisters would help us to see this matter now. Uh, what time? <laughs> 820. It's like this morning, you know. <laughs> this morning was 1125. Now it's 820. Uh, okay. Now I like, I like to tell you more of the secret. It's just all here. We enjoy the Lord's presence in our mingled spirit. Uh, dear brothers and sisters, for us to live the Christian life, the, the one thing that you cannot get away from is the Lord's presence. To have the Lord's presence, brothers, I tell you, is better than anything, any blessing that you can have. The Lord's presence, that means he's with you. You know, for me, a little minister of the Lord, to speak to God's people, the Lord's presence is everything. You know, tonight, standing here, if I don't have the Lord's presence, I don't sense the Lord's presence to some degree, I don't mean fully, but to some degree, I would have nothing to say. I have no reason to say anything. Many times when you get up, Lord, grant me your presence and grant me your word. His presence is everything 
to the Christian ministry. Brothers and sisters, the Lord's presence is everything in our Christian life. And this presence is in the mingled spirit. So you have to take care of this mingled spirit like a dove. You know the dove? It's very easily scared, very easily frightened, very easily would fly away. That's how the Lord's presence is. Just a wrong move. Just a wrong kind of expression, reaction, behavior. The presence is gone. Even sometimes just a different thought. The presence is gone. You remember the story of, we can mention the name, Brother Austin Sparks, who took Brother Lee to Scotland to his retreat home or something like that. I think Bill knows all of this. To have some time of just deeper fellowship concerning the matter of the church, which he had a different concept about. But one morning, this is according to Brother Lee's, this is 1958, according to Brother Lee, they got up together and Brother Sparks at least would tell Brother Lee this. He said, since Nineteen fifty-seven, when he left Taiwan, Taiwan in his second visit to Taiwan, when he began to speak in a dissenting way regarding the church ground, the matter of the church ground. He said, whether he said it that time in fifty-eight or not, but that the moment when the plane took off from Taipei Airport, the flow within him stopped. Now for a servant of God, just like I testified just now, that flow is everything. What that means is, he actually after that, all the way into the 60s, continued to minister, went to the Far East, Philippines and other places. He didn't stop ministering. But my point is this, that that flow ceased. And then he told Brother Lee this. He said, this morning, in this in 58, I was still crying out to the Lord to restore that flow. That means it didn't come back. Now, don't think I'm talking about something spooky, something, ooh, flow. What, what are you talking about? Presence, what are you talking about? I would like to tell you, those who are exercised in knowing their spirit knows what I'm talking about. This is more than real. Brothers and sisters, you may not be such a minister, this and that, but all of us as the Lord's lovers, 
as one who want to go on with the Lord, his presence should be your everything. And that presence is none other than in our mingled spirit. We need to take care of everything that will cause him not being with us. He says, anyone who loves me, my father and I will come to him to make an abode with him. That means a kind of manifested presence, not just an ordinary presence, but a manifested, even felt presence of the triune God, Father and Son. This is in John 14 or 16, 14. Then another point. It is by means of the mingled spirit that the New Testament revelation concerning Christ and the church is revealed to us. So I won't get into this. This is about our seeing spiritual things. This is about our sight, our spiritual sight, which is enormously important in our Christian life to see the spiritual things, to see things in the spiritual dimension, the spiritual realm, especially things concerning Christ himself, to know that I may know him, and also the matters of concerning his heart's desire, the church. Recently I talked to some saints because of some present things that are going on, you know. I said, brothers and sisters, I am not here staying in the recovery after half a century because this is paradise. Or because this is utopia. Or because this is some kind of perfect community. If, if I'm here for that, I'm long gone. Why am I still here? I said to them, I said, I'm here by conviction. I am here by a vision that still controls me. Not because this is the best place to be around with the best people. No. A vision controls me. How do I stay in that vision? Because, by the way, that vision can fade. That vision can grow dim. And so, after a while in the recovery, you may lose that vision and you also will take off. And we have seen this happen as well. Why are we still here? Because not only we have to see this vision once, that carry you for a part of your journey. We Christians need to see the revelation on a, in a continual way. So we need our eyes open, the eyes of our heart. We need a spirit of wisdom and revelation constantly so we can see more. We can see more and more. 
And that sight, that seeing, comes from our mingled spirit. Nowhere else. John said, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw. Foreseeing in Revelation. The golden lampstands, am I right? The world under judgment. The great Babylon. And finally, the new Jerusalem. I was in spirit and I saw. He kept seeing, he kept seeing. And that seeing, those visions, governed him. D, whenever we turn to our spirit and exercise our spirit, we touch the body because the body is in our spirit. These days we talk a lot about the body. Am I right? Are you in the body, the body principles? You know, we need to live by the body principles. I'll tell you, dear saints, I'd like to say a word to us. If we're not in the mingled spirit, there's no body. There's a community. There's a fine community. There's even a church life but without the reality of the body. The body is in the spirit. The body is something of the spirit. The body is all our mingled spirits joined and built together. That is the body. And if today you or I are not remaining in our spirit, we are outside of the body, at least at that moment. So we have to keep the oneness of this mingled spirit. E, our spirit is where the building up of the church takes place. If we stay in the life-giving spirit, in our spirit, we keep the oneness of the spirit for the building up of the body. So I just mentioned that. Today, the church, the church is not just this, you know, just people in a locality meeting on the ground. That is just the outward frame. The reality of the church in that place are saints whose spirits are built up together. They keep the oneness of the spirit. There's a kind of building up, being built up together into a dwelling place of God in spirit because God does not live in brick and mortar. God lives today, what? In man. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where is that man that I can dwell with? So God today lives in us as the real dwelling place. Where? In our mingled spirit. And so if we're not there, we are not God's dwelling. And actually, if we're not in the mingled spirit, we cannot have true oneness. We can have political oneness. But oneness in reality is only found in this mingled spirit because that's where the oneness of the Trinity, of the triune God is. And when we're in this spirit, enjoying this spirit, partaking of the spirit, that oneness becomes ours. F, when we're in the spirit, 
We overcome the world. We cannot sin. The evil one cannot touch us. And we are guarded from the idols. You know, when I first read 1 John, I don't believe that verse. It says, everything that has been begotten of God overcomes the world. What is that thing that has been begotten of God? Our spirit. And so there is a part within us that is an untouchable as far as Satan is concerned. The evil one cannot touch us. You want to be in that refuge? You want to be in that hiding place? It's there. It's our mingled spirit. You can declare when you're there, Satan, you cannot touch me. We overcome the world, not us trying to overcome the world. That spirit that we're one with, that we're enjoying, living in, that overcomes the world. It gives you actually a different taste about the world. And we are guarded from idolatry, any kind of idolatry. Gee, when we're in the spirit, everything is different. I like, that's it. Everything is different. <laughs> Our spirit is connected to heaven. Hence, when we're in the spirit, we're in heaven. No need to go to heaven, brothers and sisters. You are there already. Congratulations. We're in heaven right now. I'm in heaven right now. In my mingled spirit. And so the enemy cannot touch. He couldn't even reach. My, my. You know, when we pray on Tuesday night in the church prayer meetings, everyone in the mingled spirit, that meeting is in the heavens. And in the heavens, I tell you, that's where we fight from. From victory. From Christ's enthronement. With his Highest authority in the universe, we pray. You have been in prayer meetings like that. I believe so. That's because we're in the mingle spirit. Okay, in the mingle spirit, there's no problem. I like this one. And there's no need for solutions. I like this one. Everything we need is in our spirit. Do you have this experience? You know, you've got a lot of problems and this and that. How about this? How about this? And then somehow you got into the spirit. There's no problem. In fact, there's no need for solutions because there's no problems that need solutions. Everything is fine. But when you leave the spirit, you get out of the spirit, you get into your soul, your mind, your emotions again. My goodness, you are, whoa. You know, today, I really tell myself, I tell you, stay away from this, you know, this, you know. All it does is push, whether you like it or not, all the world's problems into your brain. Am I right? You know, in the old days, it's a week later that you found out something happened, you know. And most of the time, you don't even know what happened. And life was pretty tranquil and peaceful. Today, even you don't want it, it's coming to you. 
by the second in real time. You know, before I came down, I just heard another shooting in Odessa, Texas. Ah, I'm coming to speak, you know. And this very bothersome, obviously it's very bothersome uh, uh, event. I'm not saying we should not be sympathetic, we should not be, we, shouldn't, we should be dummies, we don't know anything what's going on. I'm not saying this. But dear brothers and sisters, let me tell you, let me tell you, there's no solution to these problems. You know, the millennials today, I know that millennials, the main word is called impact. You know, I'm going to start a company that will change humanity. I'm going to have a startup that will have impact on what, what, what. I tell you, eventually many just felt disillusioned. The world's situation and problems is beyond their reach. Well, look, forget the world's problems. They couldn't even solve their own problems in their own situation. Dear brothers and sisters, this is not some kind of, uh, what do you say, some kind of quickie answer, you know, some kind of everything we need is in the spirit. It's really, really true. You know, I need wisdom right now to handle many matters in the churches. I can wreck my brain, but the thing I do, I need to do, is to come to this mingle spirit and touch wisdom himself. It's that real. It's that real. And too often, that wisdom is there. You need wisdom how to raise your child, your children, how to handle them. I'm not saying you shouldn't read some books, you shouldn't get some help. I'm not saying that. But eventually, the lasting wisdom is from God. I have a lot of burden for parents on raising up children in these days, especially the millennials. They are now raising kids. You know, brothers and sisters, and other heartbreaking statistics, among us over the years, we have managed to lose one of every two of our own so-called church kids. One out of every two. Brothers and sisters, we need the Lord. We need strategies. We need, you know, we need to better ways. We need, we, I'm not saying these are human things. But there's so many situations, so many needs, we really need 
the Lord. We need to forget, I've got to wrap up, forget about our weaknesses, our shortcomings, our failures, and everything of the self, and set our mind on the spirit. That is, remain in the spirit by always paying attention to our spirit, using our spirit, and caring for our spirit. I won't get into it because tomorrow morning is when I'll get into this. Friends, this is not just some local churchy talk here. Brothers and sisters, we do need to exercise and practice to live in this mingled spirit. Set our mind on this mingled spirit and care for it. Care for it. If we walk according to the spirit, we will be crucified without trying to be crucified. We will be victorious without trying to be victorious. We'll love others without trying to love them. And we will have light without trying to obtain it. To live in the spirit is the most simple, convenient, and excellent way it really is. Okay, ultimately, the entire Bible requires only one thing of us. One thing. That is to walk according to the mingle spirit. The mingle spirit is the hinge, the secret, the key to our Christian life and to our church life. May it be so. What time is it? 8.40. So we have time tonight for you all to share something. All right? Now, I like to really encourage us to share something uh, of what the Lord has touched us or what we have experienced. Uh, don't treat this like some big conference. Treat this like a living room, okay? Treat this like a living room. And you all uh, be free to share something. Uh, we have two microphones over there. Okay? Just to listen to me talk is not fun. We need to hear from all the saints. Amen. Are you okay? You're okay, huh? There's this kind of silence there. So, Praise the Lord for the mingled spirit. Okay, please, please share something. 